What's up, family? You're tuned into Law and Disorder, a podcast where we expose the cracks in our system, agitate for resistance, and collectively build a new world in which all of us can thrive. But how do we get there? How do we build a world many of us have only seen in our dreams? That's where we believe the artists come in. Every week, we will feature a different artist holding down one of the most important contributions to our movement to help us imagine a different, more liberated world. This week's feature is San Francisco poet laureate Tongo Ison Martin. How you doing, Tongo? What's happening? Right on, man. I'm all right. How are you? I'm good. Better now that I'm talking to you. Um, right Tongo, I want to start um, on a more personal tip. If you wouldn't mind talking to us about your childhood, where you grew up, what was your home life like? Yeah, right on, right, right <laughs> on to the couch. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, I know a little bit about your mama, but I don't know much else. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it, it was um, man. I, I got, I got lucky. It was a, a, a in a way, kind of like a childhood, pretty untampered with. In that, you know, my, like my mother was, you know, mother was a revolutionary, and 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 the the, the house was full of those. Uh, principles and, and conversations, but also like the the kind of extended village that raised me as well was was pretty intentional in pushing, um, you know, pushing a praxis. Um, so, you know, supplementing that that, that kind of supplementing the boot camp <laughs> was uh, you know was was, was time at, at uh, Meadows Livingstone. Elementary school in San Francisco, which is still going a, a freedom school. Um, what do they call it now? The African American Arts and Culture Complex. Back then, it was the Western Edition Cultural Center. Um, but it was like a you know kind of a, a group of mothers really um, who who decided that they they were not going to uh, feed their um, feed their kids to the hegemony of the eighties. And so, you know, I kind of I got I got got lucky, man. I was I was raising a pretty uh, Raised by a pretty kind of like fortified village, intentional, you know, creative, and and uh, and so you know, I had a little bit of a head start. And Tongo, when did you discover writing? Uh-uh. You know, it was really one of those strange things where uh, you know you kind of just you you see it and then do it, or hear it and then do it. Um, for as long as I can remember, really, um, kind of lines uh, just would just jump into my head from day from day one. Uh, I, I think it was you know Langston Hughes' poem uh, was the first poem I started riffing off of. Really, and you know, hip hop was also a major, um, you know, uh, almost uh, uh, just kind of. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm, I hate to, I don't want to put it on too thick, but just kind of like really almost generating the rules of communication. It felt like, and so kind of being, you know, growing up immersed immersed in that. I think we were all just a little more, you know, just kind of um, a pretty actually a pretty literary generation, and, and definitely like you know oratorical. Uh, uh, generation, but it, you know, I, I, it, 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 I had it bad. <laughs> like I couldn't, I couldn't listen to something without my mind responding with, with lines of its own. 
Um, the journey, uh, the journey, I think, was though moving it from just kind of almost a, a you know, almost a, a compulsory um, skill uh, to more of you know moving it to to uh, uh, to the rules of praxis um, and, and really you know. Uh, just doing right by it, really, uh, and centering it as as far as how I view, uh, you know, my productivity. Um, that that would take that would take a while because, you know, when it when it comes to you know when in, in an oppressive society, you know, the artists, <laughs> although now you could argue is is kind of uh, been been deified a little bit more. Um, as it as it serves service economy to have that um you know really the the the, the artist is not you know within a within it within a given room and when you're in rooms that are dangerous uh you're, you're worried about you're worried about the arrangement of power and so um or preoccupied with the arrangement of power and so you know, it wasn't art. wasn't something that I was so. Um, what what wasn't something I was ready to kind of produce a self with? Um, that 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 would be a long time. Which 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 is which is kind of groovy in that my relationship to poetry then was able to evolve really as a, a personal or even anonymous um, praxis, um, and, and really. You know, it's kind of just this exploration of what at least my potential for language could could be. Um, so in a way, I'm, uh, you know, for, for all intents and purposes, I'm kind of a late bloomer. I spent a lot of my time as a, a lot of my young adult years as, as basically just a teacher or a case manager or program coordinator, you know working with a lot of, you know, incarcerated folks and post-incarcerated folks and alternative to incarceration folks and all kind of other, you know, all kind of places of repression. That's actually a really good segue to where I wanted to go next, which is talking about art as a tool for social change. Hmm. Um, and the, the, what I actually think is a, is a moral obligation of mm -hmm. the artist. I mean, we got to eat, right? Um, and, and that's, that's hard um, sometimes to do uh, inside of the society without sort of betraying values, at least for some folks or principles. Um, but I've seen you and we're, I'm going to talk in a minute about your support of Parker Elementary, but, but I've always known you as, as someone who utilizes your art um, for social commentary uh, as commentary on movements that, that, you know, happened to be exploding at that time. Um, and, and also a tool to support our young people with. So can mm. you talk about that, uh, the way that art sits in your life or inside of your practice uh, in, in that paradigm? There, there are so many threads and, and evolving threads to that. I, I think first, you know, we do, we do well to, to look to Cabral's essay on, 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 revolutionary culture or synthesizing a revolutionary culture really you know kind of what needs to be done there's just the reality that that political resistance actually flows from cultural resistance political resistance even military resistance flows from cultural resistance um flows from the way that we relate to each other and art 
is, you know, the um, is 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 a mo is the mode that, that you know is a mode of of, of building culture, um, of you know, of, of of both reflecting on or, or or debriefing on, you know, what we, what we value, but also um, proposing what we can value, and also in a in a groovy little way, kind of you know. Good art itself is almost the like the the the, the successful is is is, is kind of ma- is is making a successful case, you know, for revolutionary politics. For example, in that, you know, only you know it, it takes a kind of like a a, a, a stronger mind and a, a a stronger spirit or developed mind, developed spirit to um, you know to make good art. So in a way, it's 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 you know it it it, uh, it, it lets us it lets us know where where we're at, where we are and and, and gives us you know and, and gives an example of, of where of where we can head, but it also um, you know at the same time, I think it's a good source of political education in that it does it, it operates in it, it operates in a different kind of almost like uh, a different exp- a different experience of thought so you know when we down when we down in the trenches of you know say you know the rant um and there, and there are some you know brilliant rants you know <laughs> and, and, and very charismatic rants of this type of thing but like you know kind of the spirit of the spirit of argument, right? Um, somebody can make a really good point, and, and, and somebody can be really charismatic. Um, but there does kind of, at least how we experience it, how the listener experiences it, uh, you know, walls um, walls can kind of go up. Um, and so, you know, to kind of like like art, or I'm thinking, you know, specifically like poetry. Um, you know, to make a point where domination isn't at stake, at stake, to make a point um, where, you know, in, in almost in, a, in an arrangement, in a mental arrangement in which kind of like the proposed agreement is just for us to enjoy this observation. But then more kind of, you know, more, I, I think it is an opportunity to get information through, to get a point of view through where that might be, you know, closed off. Um, uh, if it was a different kind of um, mode of mode of communication, I say a lot of times that like I, I may be able to get folks, you know, packed into a a ninety nine seat black box, right, to watch uh, my one woman show about Tasha, and they can hear me very differently than if I'm screaming FTP on the corner of Fourteenth and Broadway. <laughs> Straight up. And both are necessary, you know, and 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 I and I think they they um they actually like, you know, the the artist needs to do both. It, it is I think there's nothing like the art made by people who really um who who really on the the, the front lines, um, but you know it's interesting. It's like kind of speaking of the OGs that raised us, you know, being born to a kind of like a low tide. Of like resistance or or a time where you know the ruling class really did kind of mollywop the uh, 
the 80s and the 90s and the, and the 2000s. So, like, I'm always interested when talking to, you know, talking to veterans of our struggle, like, what politicized you? Because, you know, we, we're looking for, you know, we, we still need those equations of politicization. And so I ask, you know, ask OG, well, what was it, you know? Especially those who, who um, you know, who didn't start with any, um, like, explicit political upbringing. And a few times, you know, the um, that 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 um, that freedom fighter has said it was a poem. Said they heard a poem, and that and that opened them up. Actually, including um, including my mother, not not necessarily the beginning of her journey, but she she just de- she described to me a scene actually where, you know, she she felt like stepping up her involvement in the womanist struggle. Because the point she was already, you know, anti-imperialist, you know, uh, uh, anti-imperialist uh, warrior to the end. But along the way, her praxis uh, began to include more womanism, and she credited it to uh, to to hearing a to hearing a poem. That's 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 the and you know and and I think kind of like you know the the objective for for artists should just be you know the running conversation. We can just keep going among ourselves or in our heads. It's just like and and how else uh, can we serve uh, transformation and uh, a, a true social transformation or revolution? And I think um, you know the the, the kind of good news is that praxis really only just requires you know it, it requires a simple participation you know that that we don't necessarily have to like have to come up with the perfect hybrid of you know, revolutionary art, just make sure that we're participating in a revolutionary process and then see what kind of art we make on the back end, what kind of conclusions we make, come to on the back end. Right. And we don't have time to, to, to go down this, this rabbit hole, but I do just want to shout out uh, your mother. Um, I met her because we have her to thank for the, the understanding, the, the framing of every 28 hours in terms of black bodies dropping, um, at the brutal hands of law enforcement. Um, right on. Okay, a couple more things I want to get in, uh, in in our remaining moments. Um, the the first thing is uh, there there are there have been for many many months now parents, teachers, students fighting to keep black and brown mm-hmm. schools open in the flatlands of Oakland, right? And and fighting against, you know, pretty intense forces, right? Because it's not just the local school board. It's not just a superintendent. It's the state. It's the governor. Yeah. Um, and, and being told no at every turn. I mean, even when some folks, you know, shout out to the the folks that, that literally put their bodies on the line, right? That literally. Right, um, right, right. I, I'm choking up. Sorry. <laughs> <clears throat> that literally almost died in defense right. of our children, right? Only to have the state say, I don't yeah. care. Um, that fight continues. And and right now, right, uh, a group of those folks, parents, students, and teachers are have occupied uh, Parker Elementary. Um, and you have been very supportive and visible in defending that fight. I know you talked about being a teacher, um, but can you just say a little bit mm-hmm. about that struggle and why? Why this matters, right? Why us having schools right. in our community is important? Why uh, the decision to close these schools is literally life or death for these babies? Right. Well, I mean, you know, it's 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 really it's it's you know it's it's part of all out assault on black and brown folks um, to you know it, it's it's uh, 
know, it's like a, a perfect tool for softening up a neighborhood to really, you know, to take one of the the biggest, uh, you know, pieces or, or, or almost to, to, you know, in a way to, to kind of to destroy the institutional life of a, of a neighborhood is to really make this ethnic cleansing of Oakland, you know, easier. So that if you have a neighborhood in which all you really do is just go to sleep, you don't really, if outside of your door, you don't really participate in it. You're not, you don't participate in anything communal. Again, we don't, you know, we, then, then a further culture is built that's just conducive to, to our domination. Um, and so this is, you know, that we, we know that this all this is, I mean, it's, it's just, it's, it's, it's just ethnic cleansing. And so it seems, you know, it seems innocuous, like, oh, well, what's just, what's a little, what's a little elementary school got to do with like, how's it, how's a little elementary school, like the front line? <laughs> How is this the front line of the principal contradiction? Um, but if you look at, you know, like a school like Parker that's been around, uh, that whose people's, you know, grandmothers and, and and great grandmothers and great grandfathers, great grandparents have have attended all all the way down to now. Uh, to destroy it is really to is to destroy a site of of, of public uh, memory uh, of our common, you know what I mean, our commons. Um, and uh, you know, it's also you know a, a declaration. Uh, because like Parker itself, it, you know, there's no other like it, 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 there needs to be a school in that radius, whatever that you know, whatever that mile radius is. There's no other school for those those kids to go to. It's not that it's not that this neighborhood has too many schools, right? There's only that one school for you know a good chunk of a, a space. So what they're basically saying is that you, uh, you all won't be here in five years you all won't be here in 10 years and so this is you know this is like a really crucial a crucial crucial place to take a stand and also here's an opportunity to show at the very least ourselves what a school can actually be as far as a school actually being a site of people's power right where we facilitate more than just you know kind of a compartmentalized education um you know where we can make it a place of total of of people development from from the um from the youngest to the youngest to the oldest um and and also opening the space too to you know to, to all movement efforts and um and program you know it's, it's also you know it's also the the objective and and also just let, I mean, you know, the, the austerity that's going to continue to come down um, uh, is, is, is going to, you know, it, it are creating conditions that, that, that are going to require us to do this more often, to do this in more, to do this in more places. And so, you know, what Parker is also is just something to, uh, you know, it's a word to spread. Like okay, they wanna you know they 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 they, they wanna um, 
They want to destroy your cultural life, man. Take it over. You know, facilitate it yourself. You know, which is, you know, ultimately what I'm just always interested in is just like, how is reality actually generated? And, uh, you know, if they don't, if, if, if the only reality they want to facilitate for us really is just conducive to our destruction, then guess what? We have to, we have to take those generators, a, build, a school building being one. I think you're right. I think as the state's, uh, the state's efforts ramp up, right, and do so with a so-called Democratic president. I think that should be very telling for a lot of us, the attacks that are happening in our communities, including the raids on uh, on, on Black revolutionary organizations that we've been seeing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right, this is going to escalate, uh, not, 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 not get better, unless, right, folks are willing to put their body on the line. Um, Tongo, I have had the pleasure of seeing you spit in person a few times. I mean, I think you almost made me stop spitting because I was like, um, I, I, I ain't got no business uh, doing this because that's what it's supposed to look like. Um, and often it looks like you are in a full blown trance, like you are channeling something like something has grabbed a hold of you, like the ancestors are working you. And I've always wanted to ask you this, like what happens for you? Um, while you are, while those words are flowing. I don't want to say, I don't want to sound too like grandiose to say like, well, it's a meditation <laughs> or, uh, you know, as, as, as some kind of, um, it's, 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 you, you basically, you basically start with the premise that, okay, um, unfortunately in this oppressive society, um, I have been, my psyche has been made to interact with the world defensively to try to build up a persona that would be as, that can be as in invincible as possible, that can um, protect me. And so understanding that kind of this survival that's always at stake, even in conversation or especially in conversation when performing a poem, here is actually an opportunity um, to give my consciousness this kind of this, this really kinetic kind of movement um, outside, though, of that uh, that that um, that mandate for survival. So that basically, or put, or, or to put, hopefully, to put better. Uh, I, I try to let the persona appear last. So instead of having this kind of like, you know, this, this regular schedule narrator tell you something, um, I let the the kind of the, 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 the journey of the poem and the journey of whatever energy I'm feeling at the time create narrators at will that are appropriate to whatever I'm feeling and whatever um, the poem, wherever the poem is, even down to like a couple words. What you find then is like, so when in this kind of, it take, just taking advantage of this opportunity to dissolve your personal territory, your personal state, you actually, and this is in the writing too, in dissolving your attempt to gain personal territory, you 
gain everyone else's uh, territory. And so that, you know, while you're writing or while you're performing, you are actually a mass expression. And this comes from, you know, this 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 does in some ways it it, it you know it, it can be it can be pulled off uh or luckily it can be pulled off scientifically in a way just keeping track of myself, like okay, when do I start to feel myself trying to get back in? <laughs> so whenever I see myself trying to get back in on it, well then I just reset and I go, you know, I put I I, I just uh keep my attention uh, just own again the realities of the poem, and, and relax into the you know the energy that I have exactly in that in that moment. Um, if you know that that's on a that's on a kind of on a calculated day, uh, and other times you know it doesn't even really take much conscious effort. Just trying to keep things small, not having an agenda any further than a line. Or any or, or a plan any further than a word, you keep it small like that, then uh, then other you know uh, other forces will kind of take over. But it's you know it's 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 beautifully fragile in a way, very cooperative, right? Because regardless, I mean you know I almost don't even, I wouldn't even try to lose my mind to figure out exactly what's going on. <laughs> But but it's it's beautiful in that the the fragility of it keeps all parties um, honest, right? So it's not you know it, it's not a it's not a superpower and it's not the quest for a superpower. You know, it's just uh, relaxing into everything that's available, um, energies both you know experienced intellectually, viscerally, you know the history, the spirit, the, you know, really anything you can visualize or any way people want to visualize what makes the world tick, you can cooperate with it or it will cooperate with you one one little line at a one little line at a time. So it's like, it's not like uh, at no point am I in danger of being dominated and at no point is history or whatever, all material reality in danger of being dominated by me, right? It's just, uh, you know, it's, it's just a meditation. I feel that so so deeply as an actress, right? Like, right and especially the part about, like, when I feel me try to jump back in, like when my training starts to show up. <laughs> yeah, right, right, I'm right, like, right. I'm like, right. all right, Kat, <laughs> take a breath. Right, right, right. Take a breath. <laughs> um, Tonga, we almost are out of time with you, but I cannot let you go without you spitting some of that brilliance for listeners. So if you wouldn't mind uh, blessing us with a piece. I got you. And I had this... Uh, I had this dream uh, planted dead in a weekday that I was laid up in the hospital and people kept coming into my room by the dozens and each dozen had uh, special handshakes for each other and occasionally current dance moves and they would kick my hospital bed from time to time to let me know that they would be dancing uh, from this room on out to my grave. Strange cha-chas and soft shoe shuffles, disco spins, like they were dancing for a white sundial, marking numbness in their feet, drum race riding, and I was ready to die because, you know, ask a 
ask a musician in, in the tombs after court, it's the surroundings that is the uniform. But still, I just couldn't bring myself to visualize against God. Uh, one of them stood over me like a conductor, waving their arms over my body, directing my heart to beat fainter and fainter, <laughs> directing the tubes to, to turn the fluids back. And I faded from consciousness with thud after thud on the legs of my bed as they danced wilder and wilder, well, wild but meek, or, uh, or artificially meek, like artificial pastor told them to be. Also be some kind of projection or character to be laid at their feet. You're the only one participating in the revolution today. They mocked. And I was ready to go because, you know, there's plenty of plenty of pianos that could use a new soul. And I'm thinking we're supposed to be in the revolution for as long as it takes. I mean, you can punch me out now. I mean, I, I was born with one foot in a line pit anyway. But man, check it out. No one bothered to no one bothered to ask the doctor if I was really dead. Too busy strutting, too busy kissing. I kept fading and fading with only enough uh, breath and, and sweet consciousness to count their smiles. One, two, three, four, five. You know. and, and then I heard a voice, a, a whisper, and it was counting with me. Six, we said. Seven, we said. Eight. Then another voice joined us. Nine, ten, then another. You see, I haven't been eating, mama. I've been in a trance. I haven't been sleeping. I've been washing my face off the port of Charleston. There is blood on the fog. You know, these little societies they wander together like like hopeful drops of a virus citizen testaments bent on offering me man nation of breadwinners to hold me back like like it's a brinks i wrinkle that concrete sometimes like flesh my martin luther king permanence turned away from a podium into the reeds like god is the dangerous twin black august to the mountaintop balcony on my bedroom floor you know they steal you from the earth itself and suspend you in your broken neck from their foolish euphoria. From the loyalty oath of their great superstitions, loyalty oath of their agrarian reform, I return to my mother completely disrespected. For peeling the heat off of purgatory, yeah, they kill poets like me. Yeah, walk me away from my poems, never to be heard from again. In this final industrial complex where uh, bloodlines picked over, picked through a sport and spiritual death or your devil, at least half made, police become a pretty word. I'm reading a lynch mob shoestrings like they were tea leaves teaching you how to write about cities. It's the 25th century in the mirror, people. Tyranny against your chump chains, you're a chump to be mocked even with a gun in your car. A cubit of needlework spelled tune for the proletariat, the relapse ministry. Talented people curled up in a fetal position next to a diamond, dying, just another service day in the theatrics of tea house fascism, in a bouquet of surveillance cameras, in the poverty of God, new blue eyes, corpses of water, a newly potted presidency, one big shiny coin in fiasco animated capitalism, another non-literal voice man killing his white freedom. The deification of hyphens, the medicine bread and picture shows, great protesters in L.A., guests of our ink, drop kicking roses in the graveyard. 
this DC mink like a stone torn in half. The pen advances, despite CIA guideposts, despite non-African past and futures a metaphorical, but not surreal day in a horn-ridden life. Horn player improvising king. Like a radio prize fight featuring Shango himself, a, a, a real hand sweeps the land of racism. May I return to the ground? May I make progress with the gun? On our mother Emanuel, they put on music that evening. A swinging type body language for you to drink with fermented $5 bills for your body language, some applause, my past stomach lining. Neither a good thing nor a bad thing, like being psychic on the way to a lethal injection. It'll sit you down with Lady Day. Lady Day leading youth who surrendered their souls to Africa too soon. Polity thought floating in the cup of water, she saved me. Accessing my stomach, accessing the love of the American lynched. Coat sleeves wouldn't an avalanche into the wrist. Our mother Emmanuel, avalanche into the sharp keys. Pain. The deal you make with pain, a piano makes sense for them. Laying hands on the world gradually, addressing the bending necks on the streets of the north. Traveling, sailing in pain, repeating pain in the north. Ten trigger fingers on that piano if harmony would have me. Putting a hundred fights on every direction offered her. Lady Day, leaning on trees again, recruiting the countryside itself, saying, lay your plan on this lightning. Make your pawns a corner pocket of men. I've greeted the blues itself. America may clean my dead body, but will never include me. There goes the poet. Killing without killing. Man, never mind this painting of your language. May I be a meaningful lynching. A crow's passing. Good and dead by the afternoon. Oof. All right, y'all, you are listening to Lawn Disorder. I'm your host, Kat Brooks. This has been Resistance in Residence with this week's feature educator, organizer, and San Francisco Poet Laureate, Tongo Ison Martin. Brother Tongo, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, much, much love. Thank you so much. You've been listening to Law and Disorder, a podcast where we expose the cracks in our system, agitate for resistance, and collectively build a new world in which all of us can thrive. That's it for this episode, family. Law and Disorder is produced at KPFA. That's listener-supported radio on the Pacifica Network. The show is produced by Jesse Strauss and hosted by me, Kat Brooks. Our theme music was composed by Steve Raskin of Fort Knox 5. Our Resistance and Residence theme music was composed by Jesse Strauss. If you like what you heard, please follow us on social media at Law and Dis and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also find our content live at 8 a.m. weekdays on KPFA. That's 94.1 FM in the Bay Area. Our show and all KPFA's programs are funded exclusively by you, the listeners. If you're in a position to support us, please donate today at kpfa.org. Take care of yourself and take care of each other. We all we got, fam. <laughs>